0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. Well, the question I've been asked most over the last 24 hours or less since the programme finished yesterday, would uh, Sheila King, the Chief Operating Officer and Director of Passage Healthcare, who was on the programme yesterday on foot of those two damning uh, HICWA reports on two of the three nursing homes Passage Healthcare operate in Ireland and uh, as you heard the line was absolutely dreadful we tried again we normally can improve it uh, and it was dreadful again I think with three times we put Sheila up in three times uh, Sheila unfortunately is uh, not available today um, so we've asked uh, I'll just explain the background of anyone who hasn't heard, heard the story uh, last week we did uh, the HICWA report on the Sally Park nursing home run by Passage Healthcare and that had serious fire uh, safety issues very serious fire safety issues which were not rectified and then it was announced that uh, Sally Park will close um, at the end of this month. This is nearly a year after they were warned about the fire safety issues in Sally Park including the removal of an emergency staircase believe it or not in the nursing home and numerous other. All of this is up for public viewing on the HICWA report. And then uh, two days ago, we got this letter from a former senior employee in uh, Lucan Lodge, which is the other uh, nursing home run by Passage Health. And uh, this referred us to the HICWA report, uh, which again is on public public availability if you are computer savvy and have access to a computer on hicwa.ie. But this is the very serious letter we got from a former a senior uh, medic walking in Lucan Lodge. Good afternoon. Following on from Joe's show on Passage Healthcare last week, namely Sally Park Nursing Home in Furhouse and its high rate of non-compliance, I'm writing about a sister nursing home. It's Lucan Lodge and it is also the subject of a poor HICWA report published this week. I'm highly concerned for the welfare of residents living in Lucan Lodge. The report shows repeated non-compliance with governance and management, which is the backbone of any nursing home and indeed any business. For this to be a repeated non-compliance really frustrates me. If the management structure is insufficient, then how can a nursing home come into compliance? When I worked there, a fire stairs was removed to turn the space into another bedroom to increase occupancy and make more money. This is extremely concerning now to me when I read the report and see that they have failed fire safety again. The inspection dated 21st of September 2023 states, Inspectors found that the registered provider had allowed the removal of an escape stairs in the centre of the building, which had significantly increased the travel distances in the event of an emergency or a fire to the next nearest emergency exit. But the premises had also failed the inspection. I'm extremely concerned that this inspection report is published and the nursing home is still open and responsible for the care of highly vulnerable adults. Nurse managers should have time allocated off the floor for oversight. This was not the case as found in the inspection report on the 21st of September 2023. The report also shows some residents were left without call bells and inspectors observed some residents were left for a prolonged period of time before being answered. I have genuine concerns and angst that a report like this is published, yet the centre remains under operation by the same group. 
let's um, let's tell you about this group, Passage Health. It's led by a man called Andrew. This is from their own brochure, by the way. Led by a man called Andrew L. Turner, Principal and Managing Director and Board Chair. He's been involved in the elder care industry since 1974. That's 50 years ago. And has helped to guide and shape best-in-class global practice. In more than 40 years of gerontology and care, Mr. Turner has operated over 1,600 different facilities, more than any other individual in the world today. With an acknowledged track record in creating successful, high-quality residential living opportunities around the world, his experience in elder care and memory care is significant. In eighteen. 18- in 1989, Mr. Turner founded Sun Healthcare Group, operating in nine different countries with 600 acute rehab and long-term care facilities, as, as well as related pharmacy and medical supply companies, operating 400 long-term uh, facilities in the United States as Chief Operating Officer of Hill Haven. In 1986, he founded Horizon Healthcare, a company with 300 long-term care hospitals throughout the U.S., a, Mr. Turner formerly served as chairman of Allergen and on the board of Streamline Health Solutions. More recently, he founded Trinity Rehabilitation Services in the United States. We're asked, we've asked Mr. Turner to come on. As I said, uh, Ms. King said she is unavailable today. Uh, Sheila King, this is the uh, Chief Operating uh, Officer and Director of Passage uh, Healthcare in Ireland. Sheila is a vast, this is from their own brochure. Sheila is a vastly experienced health industry executive with deep understanding of public and private health systems, over 20 years experience. Um, 20 years experience in health and social care organisation. Um, with over... Uh, with 20 years experience in health and social care organisations, Britain's statutory private and voluntary sectors, including two of the largest care operators, she believes the role of quality health care is to support people to live independently for as long as possible by maximising the capacity of individual community social support systems. Sheila is driven by a passion to deliver excellent care and treatment to all while maintaining the highest clinical, professional and ethical standards and delivering exceptional value to commissioners. Uh, key experience. She was a director with the Priory Group where Sheila increased occupancy levels by 6% plus within regions of responsibility and further increased E-B-I-T-D-A-R. An unusual word to find in a nursing home brochure but I'll tell you what it means. It means earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortisation and restructuring or rent costs. That's e- nothing to do well it's a genuine piece. We're nothing to do with nursing. While reducing costs embargoes and agency staff usage to bring the business to an overall increased market strength both financially and from a caregiving perspective. Working within a senior role at the Four Seasons Group Chile introduced a programme to train Dons, that's Director of Nursing, to be financially aware, increase occupancy levels, reduce costs and brought the operating profit of her area of responsibility to 32%. Now this as you heard the debacle yesterday which was caused we presume by technology but we did manage to get this uh, line uh, from Sheila yesterday when I asked her was Luke and Lodge now compliant? 
The only outstanding item we are waiting for is a fire regularisation cert, which we are in consultation with South Dublin County Council to achieve. That's related to the distances for travel on exiting the building on the top floor, which actually are fine, but HICWA were wanting reassurances, and rightly so. There were failings, but those failings have been addressed. And remember, the failings in Sally Park Nursing Home uh, which we brought to your attention 10 days ago. Charlie O'Connor from Tala, the councillor, was on. Um, it, it, the failings in Sally Park Nursing Home, not only had they failed as far as safety, had they failed to be addressed for a year, they discovered very recently, Passage Healthcare, these really, really, really experienced, qualified people, they discovered that it would cost over a million euro to bring in, to bring the nursing home up to fire safety standards. That shows you how much uh, had, uh, had to be done. OK, finally, the other person we put in a request for was Ronan Collins, a very uh, common name in Ireland. But Ronan is Principal Director and Executive Vice President of Passage Healthcare. He's been involved extensively across banking, finance, private wealth, working in a range of structured finance projects, hedge funds and private equity projects across multiple jurisdictions. Mr Collins has been involved in multiple corporate launches and restructuring. He runs a successful consultancy operation where he fully integrates into client businesses to ensure the highest quality service for uh, for his clients. His key experience is he uh, restructured ARM asset-backed securities, a $400 million Luxembourg-based securitization business. He restructured Danica Investments Limited, the European branch of YCLW, a US corporation, which underwent a $1.2 billion Chapter 11 branch bankruptcy order under the Montana Bankruptcy Court. He launched and heads Ivy Non-Correlated Management Ireland Limited and Ivy Non-Correlated Funds, ICAV, an Irish funds management company and the Irish uh, CBOI regulated retail fund. He launched and heads the Passage Group of uh, Companies in Ireland. Now, they are three extraordinarily experienced people, according to their own uh, uh, brochure. Uh, Mr. Turner has been in the business 50 years. He's operated 1,600 facilities, more than any other individual in the world today. And more than any other individual in the world today, Mr. Turner, we're asking you to come on Liveline. Well, maybe not as uh, as more than, more than we want Sheila King to come on and uh, hopefully a, a line that works, but she's unavailable to explain what is happening. Or indeed, Ronan Collins, an, another deeply qualified and deeply experienced uh, upper uh, uh, individual. Uh, we asked Hikwa, our series producer, because we've been on to them now for nearly two and a half weeks with different questions. And to be honest, their response, in my opinion, and I stand over this, has been completely and totally inadequate for the job they do and the responsibilities they have. We wrote to Hikwa this morning. Uh, thank you for taking our call, because Annette obviously put the questions for us, but they look for an email. Hikwa recently published a damning report into Luke and Lodge. Since the last inspection, is the home now completely client on the bit we got from Sheila yesterday uh, on the, the, the garbled phone call, not her fault, uh, is that it's not compliant. She says that she said there's one fire safety issue. It sounded like a serious one to me, still outstanding. Has there been a follow-up inspection, we asked Hickwe? Are residents and their families in Lucan Lodge notified of such poor reports? Are interim precautionary measures put in place while the necessary corrections are being made? 
uh, we will be dealing with this on today's uh, programme. And this is, we, this is what we got back from HICWA and it's the same statement that we got back from HICWA. Now remember, HICWA was paid by each nursing home per bed to do these inspections, so it is a state body. Uh, and uh, HICWA told us today, and remember, all these reports are up on the HICWA website, and I, f- I have been going through them, explained 10 days ago why I go through them uh, from time to time. I cannot find, now maybe I'm wrong, I cannot find two other nursing homes that have as damning a report from HICWA as these two, Laura, Laura, Luke and Lodge and Sally, uh, Sally Park. Uh, from HICWA, please note, Uh, that inspection reports need to be maintained in the centre, i.e. the nursing home, and it is the responsibility of the registered provider to communicate effectively with the residents and families. Reports are published on the HICWA website and are available to the public. Uh, HICWA is mindful that nursing homes are home to vulnerable adults. It undertakes ongoing monitoring and regulatory action of centres as appropriate. Where there are concerns about the care and welfare of residents in the nursing home, HICWA's chief inspector will take steps as appropriate, such as increasing oversight of that nursing home, attaching conditions to the registration of a nursing home, stopping admissions, cancelling the registration of a nursing home. HICWA does not comment on action being taken in individual centres. That's the end of the statement. Yet HICWA publishes on their website the, the report into, into every centre. But now they say when you ask them, is that centre now compliant? They were given until Christmas Eve last to comply with the fire safety issues. Is Luke and Lodge uh, now compliant? They um, won't tell us. They don't talk about individual centres, even though you can look up every individual centre on their, in detail on their their um, uh, website. They also say that these inspection reports uh, need to be maintained in the nursing home and it is the responsibility of the registered provider to communicate effectively with the residents and families. I've spoken to a number of people in different nursing homes. Um, they say there is no such obligation. HICWA do not come and say, please put the HICWA report in the reception with your brochures and your activity sheets or whatever. There's no such uh, obligation and uh, HICWA do not insist on it and do not enforce it. So um, if there is a poor report, you have to be lucky enough or diligent enough to be able to go onto the website and uh, trawl through it. I don't know if the residents or indeed if the relatives of the residents in uh, Lucan Lodge. And I understand people find it extraordinarily hard in Ireland to get a place and when you get a place in a nursing home for your loved one and remember most nursing homes now are funded through uh, you the taxpayer through the fair deal system so there is an obligation of the state to have some responsibility but when you get a place in a nursing home for your loved one you treasure it you treasure it because you know how hard it is to get a place and you will be very reluctant as the HICWA reports say consistently generally the relatives were were happy with the because they don't they don't want to complain they don't want to, to get into the bad books so to speak um, but that's the, the, the Luke and Lodge um, we have we asked is it now compliant and we haven't uh, been uh, answered and uh, as I say HICWA the nursing homes We've spoken to say Hikwa have no don't put any obligation on them to report the uh, their reports to any resident or relative either in form of leaving in the form of leaving a, a copy of it in reception or indeed putting up a sign saying a copy is available. There's no such obligation. So Hikwa have a lot of questions to answer, but the main people who were looking for answers today are Ronan Collins, Sheila King, Andrew L. Uh, Andrew L. Turner, who between the three of them. 
uh, run passage health in Ireland. Two out of three of their nursing homes are fire safety risks, according to uh, HICWIP, but nobody seems to be bothered to do out and about that, it seems. Um, And uh, we just want to find out from these three vastly experienced people. We're told that Mr. Turner has operated over 1,600 different nursing homes, more than any other individual in the world today. 0818 715815 for Mr. Turner, Miss King and uh, Ronan Collins. Joe at rte.ie for Mr. Turner, Miss King and Ronan Collins. Uh, 51551 is a text number for Andrew L. Turner, Sheila King and uh, Ronan Collins. You couldn't, you, you cannot contact uh, and, and the simplest email in, in the wide earthly world, joe at rte.ie. Be great if one of these three brilliantly qualified people could even send us an email uh, to answer some of our questions. Joe at rte.ie. On 0818 Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Monica, I know you wanted to talk to me all week, but we've been uh, busy and other things like nursing homes took over. And I know you completely understand it, but you are uh, upset because your your beloved dog, what's the name of your dog? Is it Jack Russell? Uh, Bell. 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 Great. Okay. Um, what, What situation do you now find yourself in with Bell, Monica? Uh, Joe, I wrote an email originally um, into you after I had seen the news report on Monday night about the Dogs Trust yeah. saying they had had 400 requests in, inside of a month for surrenders. Yeah. Our dog was injured um, just under just under two weeks ago um, in an accident. Um, she was clipped or hit by a, oh, okay. a mountain bike. Um, so we thought... Um, I suppose that attention for her got her in. Um, she was given painkillers. We were told what it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really only an x-ray would confirm it. Okay. So we got some funds together anyway. We got the x-ray and we got a blood test done for her. And um, the cost of that alone, I, d- I don't need to tell you, you know, um, veterinary care is very expensive. Um but look at so no, she, no, no, she, tell me, tell me, you do need to tell me the cost of it. Yeah, direct the, the X-ray and bloods cost four hundred and twenty-five euro. That's correct. Yeah. Now we've wow. more to add to that since then. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Now, can I just say that, um, Joe, the vets do their best. You know, and oh, they I know, and we we, we yeah, understand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But look at, and we would we would have a reasonably priced vet who, mm-hmm. you know, I I think it can go higher than that even in in city areas. But anyway, um, so. After the the X-ray, mm-hmm. there was no break, but there is like a dislocation, a dis a okay. dissociation of her hip. So we were told she can be managed medically, um, medication, wait and see, um, or if it gets worse, obviously we would be looking into a surgery or having to not allow her to suffer any longer. So for to, to put her to over, s- put her to sleep. What age is Belle? Exactly, she's eight. She came so to us. Still a um, young dog, yeah. That's right, yeah. So she came to us. Um, she was my mother's dog. My mother had no insurance for her, and she came to us after my mother passed away. So she's been a great source of comfort to us. But what I will say, Joe, is um, she, since I suppose for about a week, we were giving her the medications, the anti-inflammatories, painkillers, and she started to not tolerate them. So she's bringing them up now. She's not able to keep them down. 
So I went back. She had an anti-sickness injection. That was more money. Um, this week we've been bobbing in and out. They've been doing what they can for her. But it's looking very serious. So I began to make phone calls to see, you know, what do you do yeah. with a dog who lo- is looking at a surgery of over over a thousand euro? I, I wouldn't even wow. like to think about the amount. Um, and, you know, friends or people I've spoken to said, oh, a vet will do a payment plan. But Joe, what if you can't get into a payment plan? You know, mm-hmm. so I understand What's, why. Sorry, there are, what, what does a payment plan mean? Well, they would allow you to spread the cost over. But you still have to um, pay the thousand euro. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I understand why people are surrendering dogs because, let alone trying to keep them normally. You know what happens if your animal mm-hmm. needs more care than you can provide? It's heartbreaking. I can imagine. A lot of animals are handed in because people's circumstances just can't meet. Yeah. You know? So what what are the options open to you now? Well, we're in the vet again this afternoon at half three. Um, she was up in the night yelping and... Where is where crying. is Belle now? Um, she's here with me by my side. Joe, I have to take her to work with me and everything. Um, okay, I understand. I, I have her cage and I've had warm water bottles in and around her and I have to lift her out when she's going to the out to the loo and is it evident that she's in a lot of pain oh she's in pain she's panting she had to have another anti-sickness injection yesterday evening and she sniffed at my chicken then I gave her the chicken last night and she managed to keep down her pain meds but just a lot of panting like she's panting and she's not settling she can't sit and when she we have to nearly restrict her to her cage because she'll just stand in the middle of the kitchen swaying in the wind and is she sleeping um she is sleeping, like she's sleeping, but then she's waking up and she's crying. She's just looking at you crying okay. all the time. And it's do you think, I know hard. you've been given, a, you've already spent 425, um, I presume that came as a shock. And you, yeah. are, you, you don't have a contingency fund or a jam jar with hundreds of euro in it. Um, and you, No, it, Joe, it, I have two girls and we're, we have a house move. We're coming up now at the end of March. Um, mm-hmm. We're renting, so we've been in the same place three and a half years. So we're looking at a move. Yeah. And you say that, of, is it the minimum that it will cost for Bell's uh, operation? Is it, is it a minimum of €1,000? Is there a possibility that it could be more? Oh, it could be, definitely. Now, she is okay. a small dog and she's quite healthy. Um, so that would be going for her. But they don't know until they get in there what they're looking at or what they're going to be dealing with. You know, they did suggest yeah, a yeah. further scan, which would be more money ahead of... Okay, no, I want to bring like, I want to bring Jackie in. Joe at RT.ie five one double five one text. Jackie, good afternoon. Hi, Joe. How you're, are you? You're listening to Monica about uh, FET fees. What What's your story? Um. Okay. So my story is um, I run a rescue in Wexford, Southeast Animal Rescue. Okay. And when I heard this story the other day, uh, I just said I I'd really like to help her. Okay. Um. We have funds at the moment. We're very, very lucky that we have brilliant supporters in South East Animal Rescue. And we have the funds to help her because, like like Monica said, the thing is, you know, the more dogs we can keep out of the pound, the better. Like, we have the same problems here where people are contacting us every day. Can you please take our dog, change Mm. the situation, move into a new house. They won't allow us to take the dog. The fact is, yeah. if we were able to just help her 
And the dog is obviously very precious to her because it was her mum's dog as well. We'd be, you know what? We'd be delighted to help her. So, okay. yeah, I'll just help. And what about you know. the issue? Well, it is the issue that Monica is raising as well. The, the, are, are veterinary fees high in Ireland? Out the door, out the are door. They, and yeah. like she said, yeah. And like we've a, we've a really, really good vet. They're very good to us. Borough Valley uh, Vets and Bray and uh, Animal Health Centre and Enniscorthy. They're so good to us. But absolutely, vets are gone more and more expensive. Yeah. And it would be great if they would have a payment plan for the animals. Yeah, but you should, you should you have know, to... It would make, make it easier. But I thought, I thought there was an increase. It, it, it was an issue that came up separately. It was about agriculture a few months ago. That one of the problems for farmers is that most uh, graduate vets want to go into small animal work, i.e. dogs, cats or whatever. Dogs and cats. Um, but, um, but the fees seem to be extra. What about an insurance policy, Jackie? Yeah, well, I mean, but she, uh, she doesn't have an insurance policy. You don't have an insurance poly- policy. She can't really go and get one now. You know, like the insurance policies would be yeah. brilliant. Absolutely. I mean, um, but they are, know, I, work uh, in a, I work in a pet shop and those women came in the other day. She had to take her dog into the vet and it was 975 euro. And like she yeah. said, lucky for her, she had an insurance policy otherwise. That, and yeah. it was, that wasn't that serious. Yeah, yeah, old series, yeah. obviously, but... Yeah, sorry. Mon- no, Monica. D- Monica. There, yeah, did you ever consider? I know it's, yeah. it's expensive. We Tell us. To, yeah, we tried to get. I tried to see if I could get an insurance policy for her when she came to me, and they won't insure her because mm. um, we are essentially her third owners. Well, I know what you mean. So the yeah. history, the history is not known. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, then that that would that would leave all our rescue dogs out, then, wouldn't it? Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like any of our rescue dogs. Now, do you, Jackie, probably never be able to get but, insurance. Well, Jackie, within your charity and your whole volunteers, do you have to get permission to spend money on a particular dog as you're offering to do with Monica's Bell? No. Well, well. So I'm, so I'm the chairperson, and my other my colleague, the treasurer um, and secretary. So I've got uh, myself. I've got Peter and Colette, okay. and we all and we all agreed oh, on okay. this. And the thing about it is, people people give us money to help yeah, animals. Good point. And that's yeah. exactly what the money is for. So what you're and saying? I don't know so what you're saying? If I can paraphrase it, to Monica is going back to the vet this afternoon with Bell. No, obviously the vet will do his or her absolute best. But no matter, well, obviously within reason. But no, uh, no I mean, but no matter the price, within reason, that you uh, Wexford. What, what do you? What's your official title? Sorry, Jack? I'm Southeast Animal Southeast, Rescue. Southeast, yeah. Um, the Southeast Animal Rescue will help. We will indeed help. Okay. And what I would say is, get her, get get Belle back in as soon as you can. Okay. And let's get the ball rolling. Okay, and well, Monica, what what time know, are you bringing Belle back? She's back in today at half three. Joe, okay. can I just say to that lady and that organisation... Jackie and Southeast, yeah. Jackie, thank you so much. When I get off the phone today, I'm going to need a big cry because my two girls have been beside themselves. And I'll tell you something else as well. One of the kids actually chose to forego a school trip to try and keep money to oh. keep her going oh and everything. God. So, like, you, you don't know what that's now. done for us. Yeah. I'm so no sorry. Problem. I don't mean to get emotional. Just like, Joe, that's somebody willing to help us from absolutely yeah. out of the blue. The that's power correct. of yeah. the show is unreal. Well, but thank you for the show is unreal. Well, that's, it's the power of people's goodness is unreal. People, yeah. Yeah. That's why people donate to us. It's not just yeah. Southeast Animal. 
all our supporters as well. They're okay. amazing. We're very, okay. we're very genuine. I'm on my own with my two girls and, you know, she means the world to us and she's the best thing. She's never cost us okay. more than 50 euro yeah. in her life. Like, she's been yeah. a joy. Okay, what I, what I will do, Jackie, as well, later on, I'll, uh, pr- I'll promise I'll give out all the details because people are ringing in saying, how can they help Jackie's Southeast yeah. Rescue? Okay, Michael. Yeah, Michael, dogs. Good, good afternoon, Joe. I just, I'll be very brief. Um, I just, I had a dog. Her name was Chelsea Rose. And mm. I had her for 21 years. Yeah. Oh. Uh, she, she was my life, Joe. I live on my own. Um, as I said, like, um, but I, 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 I have, um, well, she was I have a, my goddaughter's, I have my goddaughter's dog that I look after. Okay. And, and now, uh, did you just think be, did, because Belle is a, is a Jack Russ as well, do they need a lot of medical attention or how, how did they matter? Well, well yours, think, uh, yours didn't, if, if, if uh, Chelsea Rose, if she lived to 21, which in, we're told, multiplied by seven, that means she yeah, lived over to, 100. Yeah, well, 100, 147. Or, uh, yeah. yeah. But the thing about it uh, uh, now, what I what I would love now, okay, because even even when I take my goddaughter's little dog for a walk, I see elderly people walking their dogs. Now a lot of elderly people, um, I, I'm not talking about families because yeah, they, no, they, they're, they're working. I'm talking about elderly people who live on their own. Yeah. And, a dog is like a human being. That's right. They, they're only short of talking to you. The love they give you, and they don't ask for anything in return. But what I would love now, I think it should be done, and I would love to air this. This is really important. I see, it took me to realise when I had Chelsea Rose. I would love to see a waiver come in that elderly people do not have to pay bills for to look after their animals. That's a good with point, pets. yeah. Because, yeah, the reason, and that's why elderly people, you mean to tell me, Joe, that somebody mm-hmm. somebody in their 60s or 70s would not love, a living on their own, would not love a companion? Oh, of course they would, but they haven't got the money to pay for the vet bills. What I would love, I would love and it can be done. We're talking about we're talking about this, that, and millions of pounds and all this. Now the government are very, very kind to us. They give us mm-hmm. every now and again uh, with the electric, with this, with that. I would never begrudge them for that. They're very kind. Yeah, but I would one. love to see. Yeah, I would love to see this brought in now for elderly people. I see elderly people. I know one person in particular who went hungry, Joe, hungry because she didn't have the money. But yeah. she wanted to put the money. On on the vet for to look after her dog. Now this, I would love to see this come in this this year, Joe, or sometime that elderly people don't have to pa- don't mm-hmm. have to sort of get rid of their dog. Why do you think that the dogs are not being taken out of the pounds okay. because Let's people take, are, yeah. elderly people are not able to look after them, Joe? They haven't got the money because. I, I, th- I think it's a good point. And remember, uh, Monica's daughter has forfeited her school trip with all her pals to try yeah. and get the money together to help Belle. Yeah. And what you're saying is these costs of living, uh, one uh, well, there's actually two of them in the last six months from the government yeah. for people, the old age pensioners, people in social yeah. welfare. Yeah. They yeah. were brought yeah. in because of the cost of living. And yeah. they're, they're, yeah. basic, they're basically... Uh, a lot of people are getting four four hundred euro, but it's basically yeah. and as well as the fuel allowance, rightly so. But basically, that is the government saying because of unforeseen 
unforeseen yeah. uh, out, outgoings in a household, in a, in a household under pressure, be it at OAP, here is 400, here is 400 uh, euro. Yeah. And basically, you can, now, this sounds flahulic, but it's not. Most people are spending it on their, their electricity bills. But you can spend it whatever. But maybe they should think every now and again that we will give uh, a once-off payment if they can, maybe twice a year for yes. people who are on those lists, social welfare, unemployed, uh, old-age yes. pensions, for unexpected expenses. And uh, yes. Monica, as she said, the unexpected expense was uh, Bell's, Bell's uh, uh, injury. Mel Fitzpatrick is in. Thanks, Michael. Mel Fitzpatrick oh, is in Wexford. Go how ahead, Mel. Joe? How are you doing, Joe? Oh. No, I just wanted to ring in and say... Um, It'd be great if people could, like, you know, contribute towards... That woman you had on, Jackie Polson, from Southeast Animal Rescue, an absolute angel of a woman. I have... uh, We have um, two dogs and four cats. Okay. Uh, the house is a bit mad, but um, but people like Jackie, I know her now, I've moved down to Dublin 20... Or from Dublin 20 years ago, lived next door to her. And the amount of animals that woman has rescued... Her her space in heaven is well booked, if you know what I mean. Well done. Are you still there? there, You're still there, Jackie? Jackie, come back to me. Jackie, she's probably gone off to Jackie. rescue another probably animal. Probably rescued a dog. Can't probably, probably, <laughs> probably rescued. J- Jackie, um, I don't know whether you know Mel Fitzpatrick. He's your, he's I do, your, he's yes, your I do. Know Jackie, Mel, yeah. Yeah. Hi, Mel. <laughs> and where do, if, Thanks for the lovely words. If, I know oh, you're, well, in, I mean, you're in you know. 20, you're, you're a non-profit, um, non-profit voluntary yeah. charity. You're based in Wexford, where your office is. How do people, uh, if, uh, have you got a website, Jackie? We have Southeast Animal Rescue. Right, yeah, okay. And uh, it's dot com. And, and yeah, yeah, we have a charity shop on Court Street as well in okay. And have yeah, you facility so. on southeastanimalrescue.com, have you a facility there for making a donation? We have. We've paid oh, okay. and I donate and stuff like that as what's well. The, yeah, what's yeah, the yeah, most unusual uh, animal you've rescued, Jackie? Um... Most unusual. Um, it might be a heron. I picked up a oh, heron wow. one day. Yeah. What was wrong with the heron? Um, it had a, we think had a broken wing. So okay. I just, luckily I had a big aviary sort of thing at home. So I wow. brought him back there. But Kildare um, Wildlife Sanctuary took him. And the other thing that I had was did you give, my did, car did you give Did you give the heron a name? No, I didn't. No, okay. I didn't know whether it was male or female. But the other thing I had Red in my heron, car yeah. there a few weeks ago was yeah. uh, a seal, a baby seal cub. Ah, lovely, yeah. And I transported that to Seal Rescue Ireland in Cortown, who do an amazing job they, uh, up there. That is They're incredible. I visited them recently. Will people go and visit the, the, <gasps> Please, the, the seal Please, and go and donate to them. Go they and are donate. amazing. They're all volunteers. They're yeah. brilliant, enthusiastic, yeah. invariably young people. And it's a go, yeah. and they love those... <laughs> Those uh, th- they love the seals and they treat them uh, uh, brilliantly. That's in Core Town. It's just up That's past in the Town. And they pool, called yeah. us as well when they were doing. They they released the pup that we brought up that ah. time, and they called us then to go and look at the release and everything. They're amazing. Okay. They're, they're they're oh my god. So and do you know you know Mel, where did you say you you emigrated from Dublin to Wexford? Yeah, they let me into Wexford. I had to get over the border, but I got okay. it. <laughs> and Jackie, have you ever had to rescue Mel? Yeah, no, I don't know. No. <laughs> he's, he's beyond help. He's beyond help. Uh, beyond. It's too late for me. And, and Mel, why, did you, why, why not, did you? Because half of Dublin lives in mobile homes down in Wexford. And oh, sure, a, Wexford. Why, why did you move? What's the name? 
Beautiful county, Joe. Yeah, and the most... Couldn't yeah. recommend it enough. I've said it before, it's the most welcoming county in Ireland to Dublin. Uh, I really, I really think it is. Uh, okay, back after this break, joe at rt.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 Talk to Joe on 0818 Joe at rt.ie. Maria Logan is in Donabate in North Dublin. Uh, Maria, you recently... Uh, inherited a dog. I did, yes, Joe. And and look, what my question would be is the price difference between vets. Um, my mum died two years ago and I inherited her 13-year-old Yorkshire Terrier. Lovely little fella. Mm-hmm. But he's got a thing called Cushing's and he's on a tablet called Veterol. Um, one ten mil and one five mil, which I get from the vet every month. Okay. Now, they didn't have the five mil a few weeks ago. So I had to come home and phone a few local vets to get see if somebody else had had the tablet. Um, nobody seems to have it around my area. So I did get a vet a little bit from me, and their price was €98 Euro for wow. the five. That I couldn't understand the difference of €33. Euro. But another thing happened there. He gets an injection also every month for an itch. Um, it comes with the Cushings. That was costing me about €82 Euro a month. And a couple of months ago again, um, the vet told me it was €145, Euro, and I couldn't understand how it had doubled in price. So mm. I actually came home, researched the supplier, rang the supplier here in Ireland. Mm. They said they hadn't put up the price of the, the vaccine. So I got the supplier in America, and I phoned America, believe okay. it or not, in Massachusetts. And they told me they hadn't put up the price. So I went back to the vet and argued it with them and got the price back down again. So the, the price down. differential was for... The, the, the drug is called V-E-T-O-R-Y-L. For, and your dog is called Cushing that you got from no, your mum. No, the, the illness. The, oh, the illness. What is the name okay. of your dog? Teddy. Teddy. Okay, Teddy has Cushing's illness. Um, and you say the, the 30 tablets... Is, is can vary between 68 and 96, the difference of 30 60, euro between 60, vets. 63, 68. Now, a, Joe, do, I will say the majority of vets around me were coming in at 65 to 68. But okay. this one vet I rang told me it was 98 euro, and I felt that they knew that there was a short supply of the five mil, okay. and were literally, excuse my French, taking the piss. I'm sure that's that's supply and demand. Uh, Monica, by the way, I know you said, Monica, will you go? Will you bring Belle to the vet now? You head off, please. Yeah, uh, she has an appointment to have to read. Joe, I just want uh, yes. to add something in there while you were yeah. talking about expenses. And we have a tax relief scheme for humans if we need medical treatment. We have mm. a drugs repayment scheme mm-hmm. if we have to get medications. I don't know if it's something to do with licensed and unlicensed drugs, maybe with veterinary care, but... I mean, there probably is scope there where the government mm. could do something to give relief to people who do have sick animals to try and help them to hang on to them. Okay, well, I'm, you know? I'm especially taken by um, I'm especially I'm especially taken by Michael's suggestion earlier, especially for older people. They are such companions, yeah. uh, such such companions. Okay, Monica, thanks thanks indeed. Um, Paul Halpin uh, of the Irish Blue Cross. Um, go ahead, Paul. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you? Good. Charitable veterinary service. I know you, your trucks and they were in Ballyfermot every Tuesday night and there'd be a queue up from the gala or whatever you used to park and Cabra and the, the same. Um, yeah, we're still there, Joe. We've got 10 mobile civics that go out each weeknight across Dublin. 
Wow. And we have our little pet hospital here in Inchicore as well. And Paul, are you in demand? Uh, to be honest with you, Joe, we're completely oversubscribed at the moment wow. in terms of our charitable resources. We've actually had to temporarily uh, suspend taking on new clients, wow. such is the demand for our work. Now, we do have a, a waiting list for people to get on, but uh, we're, and we're hoping to clear the back, backlog over the next few months, but at the moment we're completely oversubscribed and as a charity, like we, we've only got finite resources to deal with all the cases that we're seeing, you know. And who, who's, uh, are they, they are qualified vets and with trainee vets, aren't they staffing the... Uh... Exactly, we, we, yeah, and we, we, we have a team of vets here and a team of nurses and a great team of receptionists as well. So, um, yeah, they're all fully qualified, vets and, fully qualified vets and nurses and I see the Trojan work they do in here each and every mm. single day and they're trying, they're working around the clock to see to treat as many pets as they can at the moment. But as I said... Um, we've only got finite resources to deal with the man. Yeah, and, to go, and Paul, to go back to what the call that, that Monica made was, she said because of the high cost of vets, she might have to put Belle to sleep, so to speak. Would you get would you get that prospect often? Um, well, we do have a lot of people calling us up, and I think it's a bit of a, a double-edged sword that since, say, COVID-19 and the pan- pandemic, and recently as well with the cost of living crisis, I mean, a lot of people, you know, during COVID yeah. and during the pandemic would have taken a pet into the house. And yeah, then yeah. Great the companion. And look, look, pets are amazing. They are absolutely wonderful. They'll be with you for your life. Uh, you know, they're great for mental health and companionship, yeah. as you say. But people have to realise as well the, the huge responsibility that people yeah, take on yeah. with a pet, both financial and personal, because it's not just the walkies and cleaning them and looking after them and the cuddles and everything like that, but it's also the financial aspect of it as well. As I'm sure your colleagues yeah. have come in there and seen that, like, you know, there, is, there are the vet bills, you know, they're going to be in your family for about 15 years yeah. and, you know, they will get sick, much like the humans do, you know? Okay, but as, as I think it was Mel who said earlier, he knows of an older part of his who sacrificed their own food bill to help pay for a, a vet bill for their their pet and pets, as we know as well. Especially when can save lives, can save lives in in every every sense of that word. Uh, so, Paul, you're you're you've a website as well. I hope Irish Blue Cross. Um, it's uh, bluecross.ie. Yeah, and um, and where, what's your own background, Paul? Well, my background is, yes. well, I'm kind of like in the, in, how should I put it, the Bob Geldof role, I'm kind of in the fundraising department here. Okay. Uh, when, I say, when I say department, it's it's myself. <laughs> <laughs> well done. So I wear That's a few good. different hats as well, but like I, I kind of, you know, would look after the website, would look after trying to get funding and donations and campaigns and things like that. But as I said, I see uh, what the vets, nurses and receptionists go through yeah, here each yeah. and every single day. They're absolute heroes in here. I, I can't praise them high enough and as I said our volunteers the mobile clinic drivers are all volunteers as well so they give their you? time driving the, yeah drive the mobile clinics out each and every single night and we're still in Ballyfermot as well Joe so. of course you are on a great service um, and you've you're, you're what are you nearly 80 years going yeah since 1945 wow. we were established in 1945 so we've been going going that long so next year will be our 80th anniversary so we were hoping to do something in 2020 yeah, for yeah. our 75th but of course you know what happened in that year, you know. Yeah, the end of yeah, yeah. And and um, Paul, how many how many actual trucks do you have at this stage? 
Well, we have 10 clinic locations, so we'd have three trucks. So okay. we'd go to maybe two two locations a night or sometimes wow. three a night. Wow. Um, so, and they're out each week night. And last year, for instance, just to give you an idea of how many, uh, demand for service, we had 17,000 visitations last year um, to our mobile clinics and our pet hospital here in Inchicore. Okay. And that's for all kinds of different kind of, how to, that's everything from vaccines and microchips to, to you know, surgeries and, and things like that as well, you know. Okay, I'm just looking at your website here. There's two beautiful images. Oh, there's lots of beautiful images on your website, Paul. <laughs> One is of a man with a moustache. That's right. That's a, a mobile one of our volunteer yeah. mobile clinic drivers, and yeah, he's looks, been with us since the early seventies. And he looks like a, a, a big, big, smiling, generous uh, personality. And then the other one I'm looking at is because I know a dog very similar to his is Bonnie's life-saving surgery. Because I had a yeah. dog. Uh, Bonnie is uh, wasn't is a nine-year-old Shih Tzu, beloved companion to her owner, and. Uh, Go back to it now. Uh, Bonnie has bladder stones caused by a bladder infection. She was suffering huge discomfort. And uh, then you can read her full story of how she um, she had the life-saving surgery. So, well done. That's Paul Halpham of the Irish Blue Cross. Where's Chris Fitzgerald? Chris, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Uh, can I firstly start by saying that I do not want to do um, the animal shelters... Uh, our rescue centres, yeah. any disservice, because what the work they do is just phenomenal. Yeah, here, here. But what I want to say is I want to put a warning out there to the general public that if they go to rescue a dog from any one of the centres, they will not get pet insurance. Okay, I understand now, yeah. As because they don't know the full history of that dog, obviously. Yeah. Because the dog yeah. has been... Effectively, like, and have we, you got a dog yourself, Chris? We rescued a dog uh, three years ago, a beautiful Rottweiler. He's absolutely beautiful from a beautiful rescue centre down in Limerick called Molly Moe's. Okay, uh, beautiful dog, fabulous temperament. He's absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Love him to bits, getting on brilliant. He is, uh, he started to develop a limp. And we took him to the vet, obviously, and the vet suggested an uh, an X-ray. Okay. We got the X-ray, which cost four hundred and sixty euro, and they rang us and told us that they wanted to get a radiologist to look closer at it. They came back to us and said that he has elbow dysplasia, and that he needs surgery. Oh God. Um, The surgery. Now, before he has the surgery, he has to go for an MRI scan, Mm -hmm. which will cost a thousand euro for the MRI scan. That MRI scan will tell whether he needs surgery on both elbows. We know for definite that he needs it on one. And if any idea of the ballpark figure you might be looking at there, because you say you you couldn't get uh, insurance because it's from uh, a rescue, it was a rescue dog. Any idea of a ballpark? Well, the surgery alone will cost three and a half to four thousand. Wow. The MRI scan a thousand on top of that. So you're talking about four and a half thousand. And how will you manage? We're just going to have to. We're going to have to scrape our funds together as much as we possibly can. And are you on? Well, are you? Are you? I'm a pensioner. Pensioner. I'm retired. Oh God. Um. Okay. We're, we're going to, I mean, 
I had to have a, a nerve conduction study done myself last week, which was 250 euro. And now they're suggesting to do an MRI scan, which I'm going to have. But I, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to refuse that because I can't afford it because okay. having to, to, to pay for this surgery for my dog. Okay. Well, uh, best you of know. luck now. Best of luck with Oscar. But, is, uh, but again, Joe, I have to yeah. say, we're with uh, Village Vets. Okay. They do a payment plan, uh, 20 euro a month, which covers okay. your vaccines and your visits. Okay. And they're absolutely fantastic for anybody. And where are they based? Is that Finglas? Uh, Rakar. Rakar, uh, okay. Dundrum. They have, they have places, Tala, I mm. think they have a place. Oh, brilliant, okay. But they're absolutely fantastic. Gosh, I can't talk hardly enough of them. They're brilliant. Yeah. They've been marvellous for us. Okay. And you okay. can have that on the payment plan if you want. Well, that sounds a very good idea. Very payment. good idea. Yeah, it's brilliant. And we got great... Be very careful rescuing a dog. And we got... Uh, you have to be aware, as, as Paul pointed out, of the responsibilities the and the cost. Okay. Chris, you mind yourself. And uh, I know thanks, you're, I know you're minding, Oscar. Thank you. doing a great Thanks job. indeed. Thank and thanks, Jackie, as well, and Monica. Jackie from Southeast Animal Rescue. Joe with RT.ie. 51551 is the text number. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Margaret Dwyer, Margaret, good afternoon. Hi, Joe, how are you? Good, thanks. It was just over a week ago, uh, last Wednesday week. Uh, what happened? Joe, myself and a friend went to Dublin. We took the train from Enniscorthy on Tuesday morning. We were staying overnight because we were going to a show in the Borgosh. Okay. And on Wednesday, we took the half-hour train from Connolly Station coming back towards Wexford. Okay. And when we got on on to the train, we we went into the carriage and we sat down. And it was an elderly lady and gentleman sitting at her table, so we sat in beside them. So we went a few stops along, and the next thing, the carriage started to fill up, and this lady stood at our table and she said, one of ye have to move, because one of those seats are mine. So I stood up. Yeah. And I said to her, but I said, like, I said, we've all paid for our tickets. Yeah. Oh, and she said, my name is up over the seat. Ah. So within a couple of minutes, the next stop, there was three other people got on. Now, the lady, the elderly lady that was sitting opposite us had only come from the hospital. Oh, good luck. And you could see she was in a lot of pain because she had been telling us that she'd had injections in her hips and stuff. Okay. But these other three people arrived and, of course... They were their, their seats, they claimed. So that poor lady, mm-hmm. we tried to help her up out of the seat. So as we were coming out of the carriage, there was a gentleman sitting further back in the carriage and there was two seats vacant at his table. And the poor lady was literally nearly bent over trying to walk down the carriage. So he told her to sit in there. Now, her husband wanted myself and my friend to take the other seat. So we said, no, you stay with your wife. So the, a little while along, anyway, we were standing outside in the carriage because there was nowhere for us to go. So the conductor came along and I said to him, I said, in the name of God, I said, what's going on? Like I said, mm-hmm. we've paid for our seats. And I said, people are just coming along and putting people up. Now, at this stage, there was a load of people after having to leave seats and was out between the exit doors, the toilets. People were everywhere. And he said to me, oh, you should have reserved your seats. I said, listen here, I said, this is a public transport. 
I said, we should not have to pay. Mm-hmm. We've paid for our tickets. But yeah, I said, people are given the privilege of booking private seats, I said, on a public transport. I and said, could, that can't be right. Uh, and Margaret, could you have booked in private seats, as you called them? You see, Joe, I can't do online. I'm useless okay. to technology. I understand. And That's my absolutely. Friends, my friend's daughter had booked the seats for us going up. She yeah. had booked, like, return ticket for us going up. And yes, we had seats with our name on them going up. Mm-hmm. But when we came back, there were someone else's names on the seats that we had booked going oh, up. Okay. So apparently, you can only book one way. But my point is that how can a public transport, a train, like Eamon Ryan is shouting on the television, the news and everything about looking after the environment. Now, Joe, I'm in my early 60s, mm-hmm. but I'm a very lively 60-year-old. I walk, I work out, everything. Mm-hmm. And I drive. And I, was, I could have driven up to Dublin, but because I was thinking of the environment and not driving a car from Wexford to Dublin, we allowed me to take the train. But yes, we ended up having and, to but, stand. But Margaret, is, surely there's a facility at the train station. No, in Enniscorthy there's no facility. There's a ticket machine that you get your ticket from. You will not see a person even on the platform in Enniscorthy. So because you can't you can't walk it. up you can't even walk up to a machine at um in any railway station and book your you know book a dedicated seat. Not the high note, Joe. I mean the machine in Enniscorthy. I can't speak for the rest of this platforms, but in Enniscorthy, it only you book your your ticket online and you have to go with your phone. My friend's daughter downloaded our tickets mm-hmm. off the machine for us. But you don't even see a person on the platform and in a scorty. Yeah, but hang like on, now, hang on. No, 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 this is not. I'm not hanging on. I'm not saying hang on to you, Margaret. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. saying hang on at the statement I've just been handed about uh, Irish uh, Irish Rail. Oh, sorry. No, this is this is there was Irish Rail. Ian Rodern. Actually, it's because it's some full loading. You know, that's something we want to see. We would encourage those travelling at busier times to book in advance. Um, on online, okay, but in but you can only do that as you if you have a phone or a laptop on your your mm. you can't do it you cannot do it you're adamant at a station you're adamant at a station. okay so the, then 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 um, we looked up at National Rail in the UK seat oh. reservations can be made online at stations over the phone or at rail appointed travel agents. They are normally free of charge if made at the same time you buy your ticket. So the National Rail in the UK, uh, you can buy your you can uh, buy your dedicated seat at the station. You're saying that's no longer possible, and well, I don't know if it was ever possible in well, Ireland. I don't know if it's in Ireland, Joe, but I know we had to download our tickets off a machine at the station and at the Scorty. But see, Joe, my point is here is that that train on Wednesday evening at one stage could have been overloaded by about 70 people. Now, my point is that mm-hmm. I drive a car. I, I can't overload my car. No more than the buses can overload the buses mm-hmm. on the public road. So why is Aaron Rod Aaron able to overload a train? Like, I, the conductor, like I said to the conductor, I said, this is ridiculous. Like I said, I paid for a seat but yeah, I said I have to stand. Mm. Like, I mean, that lady and gentleman, and they were elderly people, had to get up out of their seats to let young people sit down. That's their prerogative. They had booked their seats. 
But my point is that for the amount of seats is on a train, there should only be tickets allocated to okay, people to fill each seat. Not overload a train. Like, a train can derail the same as a car can crash. or a bu- And I know it doesn't happen very often, and they'll argue that. But that's not the point. It's a health and safety risk. Yeah. For a train. Like, the exit doors were blocked up on that train. You struggle to get through the crowds of people to get to the toilet. Yeah. Okay, well, that's... And that shouldn't happen. There's, there's a... Um, there was another car on my screen a minute ago. The screen's gone, unfortunately. Uh, what is this caller's name? <coughs> Come in. Who is it? Ty, give me, give me... Who's the other caller? Who's the other caller? Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. Yes. How are you, yeah, Tommy? Joe. How are you, Tommy? How are you? How are you keeping? How are you doing, Joe? You went British, blank on me yeah. there for a sec, Tommy. <laughs> I disappeared. You did, well, you never disappear yeah. in live land. Fair play to you. Uh, go ahead, Tommy, your point, please. Yeah, well, the whole point is I sometimes use the train um, and the whole point in actually booking a seat, now mm-hmm. there's a small charge, it's only a small charge, is that you know exactly where to go when you go on the train. And sometimes I find that okay. there may be somebody sitting on my seat. But so be, uh, just to explain to people that don't use the your name is in light, so to speak, above the yeah. seat. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Tommy, yeah. Yeah. Your, na- your, your name is on lights and it, it shows exactly whether you're on the window seat or on the aisle seat. So it's it's quite clear. So I sometimes find that there may be somebody sitting on my seat and I actually have to ask them. Okay. And, and what like, reaction, I, 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 Tommy, what reaction do you get? Well, well, basically, um, they look up and they see the name and they, they apologise. Most of the time, people don't realise, you know, they just sit in the seat. Yeah, people course, may yeah. not be totally familiar with it. Yeah, you see, yeah. the, whole, the whole point of this system... Now, I do have sympathy for this elderly lady, definitely. But the, whole, the thing about it is, if everybody sat in seats that were actually booked mm-hmm. and had their names on it, well, then what's the point in having this system there then in the first place? But if people you do know. it, uh, you have a li- in there Yes, Margaret, yes, of course. When I got on that train, there was no lights up and there was no names on. But Tommy, I did actually pay the extra to book my seat. My seat was paid for extra. Yeah. But they didn't have a return seat for me. They only gave me a seat one way, but they took my money to give me mm. a seat, but then they didn't provide me with a seat. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I, I paid I, I, the extra I, for my yeah, seat going up. I don't understand and coming that. Back. Well, I yeah, don't well, either. But this is not the first time that this has happened to me on the train because on the 6th of December I went to Dublin on the train. And the same thing happened. We went up for the day to see the lights and everything in Dublin for Christmas. And we yeah. had our seats allocated going up. Now, when yeah. we were coming home that evening, we went back to our seats that we had sat on that morning. And we had come to a st- the next train stop, and I was told to get out of my seat that somebody else's name was over. And I had to but take on, on, my but, seat. But on your, on your ticket, it should have actually said, like sometimes on a return journey like that, you won't, or, or I think most of the time, you wouldn't actually get the exact same seat as um, well, unless you're specifically according, voted. According to the conductor on the train that day, that when your number is on your ticket, that that's the seat you go back to. But when I went to my seat that day, that evening, coming okay. back to somebody else in it, and their names was up over my seat. But the point is, I'm not disputing about booking seats. That's fine. If people want to book seats, fine. Not everybody is all fair with the internet, which is fine too. Mm-hmm. But my point is that they should not have 60 and 70 people. Like, they know by their bookings on their computers. Like, everything is all technology now. So they know in Aaron Rod Aaron to look at their computers. They know X, Y, and Z train 
our carriages are full. So why are they taking okay. more bookings okay. for 60 or 70 extra people? Like there was a pregnant lady stood for over an hour and a half oh, on God. that train coming home that night as she had and nowhere did no to one, sit. Did no one with a, no, na- no one with no, a named seat no. offer? No. Do you know something, Joe? I actually lost faith in humanity coming home on that train. I watched men sit down in seats and look at a pregnant woman stand okay. and didn't okay. even offer their seat. Okay, Cathy, Cathy, your point, please. Yeah, yes, Joe, yes. You can call a number and book a seat. You don't have to do it on the internet and they will give you a reference number. You mm. go to the station. Hang on, uh, how do you pay for it? Well, if you have free travel, which I have, I'm 78 yeah, years of I age. I have free travel. I have to pay for my ticket. I don't have free travel. Okay, that's fine. Like I'm, not, yeah. I'm 60 years old. I I don't have free travel. But again, yeah. I am I, truthfully, I am not disputing about the fact that people booking a seat. I'm really not. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah. I am disputing oh, yeah. that Aaron Ron Aaron are treating people like cattle. They're taking <coughs> people's money, but they're not. No, okay, we well, just uh, they they say we apologise for the discomfort experience. Yeah. Okay. No, but that's not the first time that's happening. Joe, do you know what? Yeah. I'm going to ask you. Uh, Someday, if you have a day off along the way, and I know you're a busy man, I don't dispute that. <laughs> but you know what? Take the half hour oh. train from Connolly Station, even as far as Gorey, and you see what I'm talking okay. about. And okay. the explanation we got from the, the ticket collector was when students are using the train every day because. They can't get accommodation, but that's not the fault of the students. They're paying their money. They're entitled to travel on the train. Okay, okay. Cathy, you want to make a final point? Cathy, yeah, I, I want. I want to make a final point. You just ring a number, and you book your your ticket. You book your forward. I live yeah. in Longford, and go from Longford to Dublin, and then the return ticket on okay. whatever day I'm coming back. And it is so easy to do. And you go to the station, key in the reference number, and get your ticket. Okay, okay, we looked at it. Thanks, Cathy. Thanks, Margaret. Okay, okay. Thanks, Margaret. Thanks, uh, thanks, uh, Cathy, and thanks, Tommy. Joe at RT.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Where's my yeah? There we are. Uh, and and um, yesterday I was talking to uh, Patrick Keelty, PK outside here, and um, he was explaining what they're doing tonight on the Late Late Show for Valentine's Day. And as you know, uh, previous years it's just been a free for all. It's been great to watch. It's been great to watch. For it and it was brilliantly done by by Ryan. And now uh, PK Paddy Keelty has taken over tonight. But he told me yesterday it's going to be quite different. Quite different to what it's been. So, uh, and as you know, he has a very mischievous uh, left eye and a very mischievous right eye. So that's what we're telling. But anyway, next Wednesday, which which is Paddy Keelty, is actually St. Valentine's Day. And we call it St. Valentine's Day. And St. Valentine's Heart is in Whitefriars Street in Dublin. Uh, So on next Wednesday, we're we're, we're, we're asking for you in advance. Will you send us in or will you contact us on that Joe? at rt.ie on the love line have you an old love letter that you cherish that you'd love to
to share with the country? Have you a love story that you would like to cherish? Have you an unusual uh, 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 story about meeting the love of your life? And maybe you've lost the love of your life and there was letters exchanged beforehand. But anyway, that's next Wednesday on on St. Valentine's Day. Today is not St. Valentine's Day, Patrick. Guilty. I know you'll make it your own. Next Wednesday. And just uh, joe at rt.ie, the love line is open now. Let's go to Iceland. What a what a, what a uh, programme. Because on the front of the Indup- Independent today, there's a magnificent photograph. Did you take that photograph, Kat? Hey, Joe. Has been. Unfortunately, I did not take that photograph. Okay. But that's what you do. You do, you do photography in Iceland. Yes, so I'm a photographer, and I'm sorry if I lose signal at the moment. I'm actually in a super jeep going into the middle of the uninhabited highlands. Of Iceland. So wow. yeah, in the middle of the moment. <laughs> and how was it terrible? How did you end up in Iceland, Kat? Um, so I just heard really good things about Iceland, and obviously, as a photographer, it's a photographer's paradise out here. The nature is just beautiful, and also the culture here is really similar to Ireland. So okay. And what what is the situation now with the volcanic eruption? hasn't been much activity since 8 a.m. It's yesterday, and a fish opened up. It was massive, three kilometers long, and it ran over the roads. This road has been time to good is um, for the balloon. The line is is dreadful, and I, I still have palpitations after the line yesterday, <laughs> my attempt on a conversation with uh, Sheila King. Um, so um, I'll, I'll try one more question. There was an earthquake yesterday morning, Kat. Fisher up in the ground. It was three kilometres long. Okay. The big volcano. Okay, okay. Will you go safely, please, Kat? I know you're going off to do more work this afternoon. Where are you originally from in Ireland? I'm from Dublin, in Kleine. Okay, okay. And have you, you're, you're living in Iceland now, lock, stock and barrel. Okay. Icelandic gremlins on the line. What was the name of that volcano that erupted uh, 10 years ago and no one could pronounce it? I couldn't pronounce it then. I can't pronounce it now. Cat Grundy Beck, mind yourself, mind yourself. The only Iceland I'd be going to is the one in, in Ballyferma. Uh, Neil Hogan, Neil. Yes. Joe, hi. The train, train journeys. Yes. <laughs> Your story, um, please. I was, I was listening to that lady from Wexford. Um, yeah, I, I would have booked uh, up and down to Dublin regularly uh, all last year. I was going up nearly every weekend. Okay. And um, so you have to actually book seats in both directions. You can't expect the return one to be the ah, same. Okay. So you actually have to do both individually. But, um, but even though I would always book my return, during the summer months, they always oversold because okay. they, had the, they had the ticket booth selling tickets, they had people online booking, people booking on their phones, people booking. So you anybody could sell tickets, and they didn't seem to be coordinated like they are in the UK. Mm-hmm. So they regularly sold out. So during the, during the summer months, you would have tourists standing, and people standing and sitting on seats and sitting on suitcases and blocking up the exits. Absolutely. It happened all the time. So the so the tra- so the train can be up, you you believe overbooked. Obviously, the safety oh, yeah. the safety is important, and in Rod Erden wouldn't breach that. But in terms of yeah. there are more people and there yeah. are seats. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And if so it, in the aisles. okay, and Neil, okay, you you say you book forwards and back, out and back for the seat. Yeah. But what happens when you 
get on. There has to happen. You get on and um, there's somebody, maybe an older person, sitting in your seat that has your name and lights above her head. You, well, generally, I would I would always book a seat at a table because I, I, maybe I'd use a laptop or something. Yeah. And there are always four seaters. So generally, there were people sitting together on them. And I wasn't going to shift one person out okay. of four. So what did so you, what did you just, do? I, nothing. Sometimes I stood. Sometimes wow. if it was over, if there was no seats, I'd stand or I'd wait. Often by Limerick, you know, get to Limerick Junction, you know, half the people mm-hmm. would get off. And uh, you'd, you'd get a seat then for the remainder so you of would, it. So Neil, you've got your very decent man. You wouldn't even say to the four people, listen, my, my <laughs> name is above that seat, but I'm not going to make an issue of it. They'd, I would I would come along and they'd see you looking at the seats and okay. they'd know well they're in the seats that's, that they haven't booked. And so mm. when you'd get to it, I might look and I'd, they'd, they would often say, is this your seat? And I would say, yeah. And they might, sometimes they'd, they would offer to get up, you know, if I pushed yeah. them. But, I, you know, I'd see that they were all together and they were chatting. So I wasn't going to move one person and then sit with the other three. Okay, you're very, <laughs> you're very good. You're very, you're, so, you're well, very. Uh, okay, thanks, Neil. That's a warning. That's a, another warning to people no about problem. train travel. Okay, uh, Elizabeth Cleary, you want to clarify? Go ahead, Elizabeth. Yes, um, I'm just ringing in um, because I have a little miniature rescue, um, Jack mm. Russell, and um, she is uh, 12 years old, but uh, 12 and a half, and we rescued her um, roughly 10 years ago because she was um, nearly grown up when she was rescued and um, so she we got insurance for her with no problem at all okay. recommended by um, the DSPCA okay. and am I allowed to say the name of the insurance yes, company? Yes of course yes yes yes, yes. Allianz, Allianz Allianz Insurance and no problem ever okay. really. But you had to tell him the dog's history if there was any Well yes she was just on the motorway okay. rescued okay. from the motorway or somewhere you Yeah know, okay like and what's your dog's name Elizabeth? And, and her name is Shorty Shorty, and how is Shorty? Oh? Um, unfortunately, she's beginning to have some uh, evidence oh, of cognitive impairment. Okay. Which okay. is dementia, really, I suppose. Okay, yeah. well, I hope Shorty has a long life, Elizabeth. And uh, Geraldine Kelly, briefly, your dog has? Our dog has liver disease. Okay. Um, caused by poisoning that she picked up somewhere. Okay, the poi- okay, liver disease, okay. Um, and we were uh, we were paying. Pay, he is on tablets for life, and we were paying two hundred and forty euro okay. for them with the vet. And you discovered um, I'm rushing along because I'm way over time. But your your research of tablets brilliant, Geraldine, and discovered that that it was a human tablet, and a pharmacy charges twenty two euro for the same prescription. Look it up. Exactly. Look it up. Well done, Geraldine. Yeah. Uh, back back at back on Monday at uh, one forty five. Hillary Jones produced the series producers Annette Egan and Ray Darcy's next. 0818-715-815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie